Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Thanks again to the guys playing. Uh, welcome, everybody outside. Welcome, those of you online. Happy Easter to all of you. You know, in the foundation of our faith in Christianity, when a person would encounter someone else, they would greet them with, he is risen. And the response in turn would be, he is risen indeed. It's something that has been a tradition from centuries past. And I thought, what a great way to, again, acknowledge that we are here because of the sharing of faith by so many people. And what a great way to carry on this tradition And so you guys outside, you're going to have to be really loud because it's going to be hard to hear you inside. But when I say he is risen, let me hear you respond, he is risen indeed. He is risen. Amen. Amen. That is something that brought such hope to so many, and it's supposed to bring hope to us today. And I pray that this morning we will tap into that hope and allow the God who is alive to give us the life that he wants to give to us. I don't really have a lot of announcements to make. Uh, We are meeting Sundays like this, live outside on YouTube, Wednesday nights here as well, live on YouTube uh, for take two. I invite you guys to join us in these things, and we will keep you posted as things change. I remind you that there are ways for you to to give still online on the website. They are all listed out there. If you go to thegenesisstory.com, you can see how to do those things. But as we move into this season, and at a time when there is so much turmoil, what better time to hear this good news? Let's pause again and pray. Father, may our hearts be open to the work of your Spirit in our lives. May We change because of time spent with you and your work within our lives. Lord, may we have clarity into what you are doing in us and in this world so that we can participate in your work. We do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24. Starting at verse 1, we read, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they, which is some women who had followed Jesus, went to the tomb, 
taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. You know, sometimes it's hard when you know the end of this story to remember what it was like to be in the middle of the story. It's hard when we know the end of this story to really empathize completely with what these women and the disciples and others were going through at this time. The confusion, the questions, things being too out of the norm to truly understand and fully grasp. These women, and we have their names uh, given to us earlier. He names Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and the Mary, the mother of James, and other woman, women who are part of this. They had been following Jesus for the past three years. They had put their trust in him. They had believed that he was Israel's true king. That's what Christ, Messiah, anointed one means. In their mindset, it was, he is the king of Israel. He is the one we are following. He is the one who is going to establish the kingdom of God. And they were completely devoted to him. And all that hope was crushed three days earlier at the cross. As the Roman Empire did what it does, crushed the hopes and the the dreams of anyone who would try to present a way other than theirs. And so living under this memory, living in this shadow, having this heaviness of heart, they go to the tomb to try and pay their last respects, to try and still show devotion, even though what they believed and what they had hoped had been crushed. They still wanted to respect the person they had followed, believed in, and loved. Even though he didn't fulfill what they had hoped, even though they were left hurt to anoint his body was something they could do, and so they take this final step towards the grave And then they're surprised. And it says that while they were perplexed about this, the two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? What a strange question. Again, that question makes no sense to them at this time. They were not seeking the living among the dead. They were seeking 
the dead among the dead. That's why you go to pay respects to someone who has died because they are dead. And so this question poses something that forces them to think beyond their reality, to to see things in a way that they had not seen before. Instead of looking for the dead, they were now to look for the living, that they were looking for Jesus in the wrong place. This would be confusing to say the least. This would be overwhelming to try and grasp hold of. It's like, what are you saying to us? What what does this mean? Why is the the stone rolled away and and why are your clothes so white? I mean, what's going on here, right? They're, They're trying to embrace this and it's not making any sense to them. And I wonder sometimes if we too need to be awakened to things, to the things of God that we're not fully living into, the, the reality of what God is doing and who he is and how it's to shape our lives. I wonder if sometimes, too, we are looking for the dead instead of the living. We are looking for a familiarity, a, a, a reality that fits our norm instead of the reality that God is wanting us to lean into. Because right? he is not here, but he is risen. And then he says, remember, he told you about this. He told you about this when he was in Galilee. He he talked about this to you. And then it says, and they remembered his words. Now, it wasn't that they forgot his words. It's that up until now, they never understood his words. See, they had heard him say these things, but it took this dynamic change to open their understanding to something that up until now, they could not have comprehended. It didn't make any sense. There is no category in their minds for this kind of information that your king, that the one you are following must be crucified and then in three days rise again from the dead. That makes sense to nobody's imagination, let alone theirs who were there at the time when this happened and see the devastation of all that happened. Have you ever seen something that you thought couldn't be done, be done, and then it changes the way you think about that thing? I remember years ago, I went with Gil and Mary to the Fret House in Covina to see Doyle Dykes play guitar. And if you don't know who Doyle Dykes is, look him up on YouTube. You can... You can find out there. And I went, I had never really heard of Doyle Dykes, and we were in this small, intimate setting where he was playing guitar, and he started doing things on the guitar that the best way I could describe it is witchcraft. Um, it's like magic. It's like, I didn't think you could do that with that instrument. See, I thought I played guitar until I saw Doyle Dykes, and then I don't know what I was doing, but it wasn't that. And his ability to do something opened my understanding to what could be done. And it made me grasp for more. It made me want to be a better player. It also made me want to give up at some points. But but the idea of seeing something that I thought couldn't be done, being done, opened my understanding to all that could be. Imagine the scenario here. Imagine walking with Jesus 
was like that. That it was an opening of their understanding to God and the things of God in a way that they had never imagined. I mean, besides the miracles, right? Besides walking on water, besides feeding the thousands upon thousands, besides healing the people, those, of course, would blow your mind. But there were so many just everyday situations to have a tax collector and a zealot disciples together. Are you kidding me? That's worse than Republican Democrat by a hundred times. Together as disciples, to have a woman sitting at the feet of a rabbi taking a position of a disciple, that's unheard of. And Jesus saying, leave her alone. She's desiring the better thing. To have prostitutes, lepers, and the outcast of society having the attention of this important leader, rabbi, king. That they have his ear, that they have his heart, that they say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, and he turns and goes to them. All these things would blow their minds. It's like, wait a second, I am living in a different reality than the one that we've seen portrayed by the Roman government and even by our religious leaders. I imagine that walking with Jesus was like learning to hear, think, and live in a way that you had never imagined. It was like learning to play guitar and not knowing that it could be played like that ever. And this is the expression that John has. This is how John looks back and talks about this. As John in his gospel, chapter one, verse three says, all things were made through him. This is speaking of Christ. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men and women. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In him was life. This is more than he has life. This is more than he gives life. But in him was life. And this life was the light of all men. In other words, this life was spilling over onto them as they walked with him onto all mankind. This, this life was being spread through this person. These people who thought they were alive were finding out that there is a life that is bigger than what we are living, that there is a way to play guitar like you've never seen before. There is a way to see life, to live life in a way that we have never understood. In him was a life that was able to light all of mankind. You know, it, it, it's so strange, just as, as I'm thinking over the past year and this pandemic, it, it's so interesting to think about it and that it has been the cause for an, an estimated 2.8 million deaths globally. And, and that that would start and be traced down to person zero, one person who contracts a virus 
and breathes it out on someone else. And then just over a year's time could cause this much devastation. That's just crazy. That's mind-boggling. And in a similar way, Jesus, who is full of life, and would say that he came that we might have life and have it in abundance, that through his breath, his life, his words, and through him, we can trace it back to the one who gives life. That there is another pandemic of goodness that's continuing to this day through the person of Jesus and the things he said and the things he did and the way he lived that is still affecting mankind and will continue in the future. How is this shaping us? In 1 John, he would write, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim it to you, the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. You see, what John is trying to say is that they saw life right in front of them, in the person of Jesus, that he was not only alive, but he was life itself. And that they heard his words and received life, that they saw the things that he did and it brought life, that they handled him, that they walked with him, that life surrounded him, a life that was beyond anything that they had known, they had experienced. And now what they are wanting to do is to proclaim this life to others. They listened to life speak. They watched life walk. They experienced life as they were with Christ. And in the most beautiful and yet horrific way, life was crucified. But even death could not conquer it. But they didn't understand it at the time. It was too much. They, they had seen life. They had experienced life. But they thought that the cross was the end. They, it had to be. That's all they knew. That was, their, that was their wheelhouse. That was their mindset. That was all that they had ever seen, experienced, and understood. Anything beyond that did not make sense. But life cannot die and did not die. 
The life was made manifest. We have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life. Now, eternal life is not about quantity. It's not about longevity. It is about quality. You see, eternal life is a life that does not dissipate, is a life that does not end, but does not quench even by death. A life that does not and cannot die. This is something new. This is something different. This is something that's capturing their heart, their attention. This is what John is writing back about. This is what Luke is trying to unfold. This is what the women who went to the tomb are experiencing, something that is bigger than they ever imagined, something that is grabbing hold of them. It's a pandemic that is shaking who they are from the foundation of their reality and changing the way they see the world because now if death cannot stop this, then nothing can. And so Jesus would say in John eleven twenty five, as Martha comes to him because Lazarus has just died and Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? What an interesting thing to say. What an absurd thing to say, unless you are indeed life itself. And it's so interesting to me that Jesus would say this before his crucifixion. That the resurrection he's speaking about is before the cross would take place. And this resurrection was not primarily referring to himself, but to others, specifically to Lazarus at this time. That you see... Wherever he went, he carried life with it. And even where death was living among them, where people who thought they were alive were merely existing, what he could do is resurrect them and bring them to life. And what he is wanting to do is bring us to life who are merely existing, who are unaware of the power and the transformation power of God to bring his life into us. I wonder sometimes if maybe... Our fear of death is our souls telling us that we were made for life, eternal life, and resurrection life. And really the only proof of life after death is life before death. And and if we are merely living and existing, then of course we're going to be afraid. But if we have the life that is the light of all mankind, then even though we die, yet shall we live. And everyone who lives and believes will never die. What do you mean we'll never die? I mean, Lazarus died again, and all the disciples died, and the women who went to the grave died, and and the people we know and have loved have died. But you see, there's a a quality of life that Jesus is tapping into that he's trying to convey to us that does not die, that is found in him. And Jesus, it seems, is always trying to pull us from our temporal existence into eternal life. And if God is a name I use when I'm searching 
for life, then Jesus is the name I use when life is searching for me. See, I I know what it's like to hunger, to thirst for life. I know what it's like, and and I think we all do, to to want to live fully and want to find life. And and I know what it's like to, to want to know where to find life and where God is at and who God is like and all these things. And this is my search for life. But when I think of Jesus, I think of life searching for me. I have come that you might have life, that you might have it in fullness. In him was life, and it was the light of all mankind. It gives us the way where we can walk and see. When we talk about accepting Christ, we're talking about accepting more than a person. We're talking about accepting that which is transcendent and eternal and alive, that which has been heard, seen, touched, and revealed in the person of Jesus, who is Christ. Now, there's a whole lot to unpack there, but to just lean into what we want to to understand this morning is that in him is life. And it's what John and the others are wanting to share with us. Towards the end of John's gospel, John paints a picture with his words in John chapter 20 where Jesus is risen and he comes to the disciples. Verse 21, it says, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, the imagery of this moment is vivid, especially in the Hebraic mind. The Jew would see and read this, and they would say, this is Genesis chapter 2, when God breathed life into the nostril of man, and he became a living soul. This is a similar scene where, where God breathed life into Adam, Jesus is breathing life into his disciples. See, the purpose of the Christ is to breathe life back into humanity. And they would immediately put these two pictures together and they would say, there was a life given back then, but there is a life given again now. And this life is given to those who think they are living but are not fully alive. And then verse 23 is just a bit strange. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it's withheld. I was like, what on earth is that saying? Eugene Peterson in the message translation says it like this. If you forgive someone's sins they're gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what are you going to do with them? One of the things that will steal life away from you quicker than just about anything is bitterness and unforgiveness. Towards others, towards yourself, hatred towards someone because of their beliefs, political persuasion, 
race, status, will rob the life out of you. Jesus said it this way, if you will not forgive men their trespasses towards you, neither will your father forgive you. Why? Because they are exclusive. You want life, you can't hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness. This way of living takes into account the most important things, our souls. If we don't live in this light, then our souls are darkened. Life is merely existing, living in a hollow reality that is summed up by what you have, what you can get, what you can save, or is owed to you. Life becomes merely a series of transactions. Some of us are feeling a bit shortchanged right now in life. It could be because of the pandemic and the loss of job, loss of freedoms and things that we have enjoyed. It can be the burden of all the things we have had to go through and endure. And I would hope that we would be mindful of the rest of the world and those who are going through very similar things, but in much worse conditions than us, that we would be open to the understanding that even though we feel like we're losing something, there is life to be had that can fill us. And today... Maybe what we are doing is coming to church, coming to our jobs, going to our family, and we are looking for the dead among the living. We, we are looking for a way of life that has really been subpar to what Christ is calling us to. We have been existing, and why are we looking for the living among the dead. You see, we are not going to find Jesus in this place that is dead. And, and maybe there needs to be an awakening, a shocking. Maybe we have to hear and see the, these men who are dazzling. We have to be startled into an awareness of what life really is. That this event John writes about wasn't the only time where they were filled with the Spirit. It didn't happen just in John 20. It happened in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 19. You see, if they are being filled and filled and filled and filled, life is calling us deeper and deeper and deeper. And you know what? It's okay. It's been a rough year. It's okay. You feel a little dead inside? I get it. I understand that, but here are the words of Christ that are calling us back to life. He has come to give us life. He is the resurrection and the life. He is pulling life 
out of us that he is breathing now in so that we can experience this with him. And maybe today is your day. Maybe today is the day where you realize that you cannot look for the living among the dead. And maybe you have to stop living with the mindset that you're living in. You know, this is just how you play guitar. This is just how you live life. These are the cards I was dealt. This is all I have. And maybe it takes this story once again to awaken our souls to the fact that, oh no, there is a lot more. That even a cross and crucifixion could not squash what life God God has because this is life in abundance. And even if we're dead, he can give us life. And if we have this life, you will never die. You might have to be breathed on again and again and again. That resuscitation that comes from the spirit of God, that we too would hear, that we too would see, that we too would touch and take hold of the life, the eternal life that is given through Christ. Let's pray. Father, we have all been through so much this past year. Lord, I know there are people who are hurting. There are people who are suffering from depression. There are people who have lost loved ones, some many in their family because of all that's happened in this past year. Lord, there are many of us who are even coming to church or watching on some podcast or or stream. But really, Lord, what we're doing is we're not looking for the living. We're expecting the same thing. We, We have settled for an existence when you are wanting to breathe into us life. And I pray for those who are in this place, Lord, who are hurting, who feel like they are out of gas, they, they have nothing left to give, they are on the last straw and just can't imagine even re-engaging into community with people because it's been so difficult. May they hear your words. You are resurrection. May you bring back to life the deadness in their souls. May you quicken them to yourself. Lord, there may even be some who are listening to this who who really have never leaned into the understanding of, of who the Christ is. They believe in God, and that just seems so far and so distant. May the idea of Jesus reaching for them bring together, Lord, what they need and need to understand. God, you love, that you care, and that you've come 
to bring life. And so may you quicken even their souls to an understanding of a relationship with a God who is alive. And may this change us forever. May we lean constantly into this life. May we listen, may we see, may we handle it in our lives so that we too are transformed. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. May the risen Christ be in your hearts and dwell richly. May you not seek for the living among the dead, but may you embrace the life that comes through the one who is life. God bless you. We love you. Happy Resurrection Day. Enjoy this day with your family, those you love. Stay safe, everyone, until we can see you in person. Take care. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.